You guys can grab a seat. As I was considering how we want to wrap things up at Reachway this year, um, I, I kind of went in an organizational route. Perhaps you are like me where you would rather not uh, go into something kind of disorganized and wing it. Some of you might be people who want to wing it, and that is awesome. I am not like that. And so I wanted to figure out a way to organize 2018. <laughs> and I wanted to, to, to figure out a way that we can perhaps sum up as a church family what has happened in, in this group of people, but then also hopefully help all of us figure out how we can wrap up our own 2018s, right? So I want to attach a theme, at least as far as Reachway is concerned, I want to attach a theme to the year 2018, and the theme is this, is merged storylines. Two storylines coming together, and this is exactly what I mean by that. When this year started, there was a church that was meeting in this room. Um, They had been meeting in this room for a a long time. There's, There's been a church that has met at this location well before Reachway Church ever started. And at the beginning of 2018, their pastor of a decade announced his retirement. And this happens once in a while at at churches, is is a church is uh, being pastored by someone, he or she is near retirement and announced their retirement. And in that moment, a church uh, comes at a crossroads where they kind of need to decide, hey, hey, what's going to be next? Um, At the same exact time that that was happening, there, were, uh, there was a young couple, had moved to Peoria, commissioned as church planners to plant a church. They were on staff at a church in Pekin, Illinois, called Bridgeway Community Church. And they were getting ready. They were recruiting a team. They were learning what it would look like to plant a church in Peoria sometime in the fall of 2019. And as this church board was figuring out what they were going to do, someone had the idea. Someone, I think, identified the crossroads that they were at. Um, Are we going to go the route that a lot of churches in our position have taken before, find a new pastor? Nothing wrong with that. Or are we in a position, do we have an opportunity to do something that would very much go against conventional wisdom? Go against the status quo. Someone has the idea, hey, there's a couple in Peoria being trained in Pekin to plant a church somewhere in Peoria. And then they ask those dangerous questions, what if? (laughs) And so they ask this church planting couple, hey, what if you planted Reachway Church here, this facility this neighborhood, um, and as it would end up being a year before schedule, right? (laughs) And people prayed, and and we prayed, and met, and talked, and dreamed, and it was eventually agreed upon that that storylines would merge, that a young couple here to plant a church had recruited a team of people from Bridgeway and other people in the city, gotten to know a lot of people in the city, and 
merge with another group of people, a group of people that have been gathering here faithfully for decades, serving and loving this community faithfully for decades, but at the same time ready for something new and wondering what that would look like. And all of a sudden, two storylines merge. So now we have a new church, right? Now we have Reachway Church. Kind of takes a summer to get ready for this opening launch party that's going to happen in September. And all of a sudden, we have a new thing that merges with the storyline of a neighborhood. Reachway is not familiar at all at this point in the story with what is going on here. Uh, The storyline that has been at play since like 1830 in this neighborhood, these sidewalks, these streets, these homes, there's one on Perry down the street on this side, the church side, big brick home in the 1400 block built in 1850. You want to tell me that the storyline hasn't been at play here for generations upon generations. All of a sudden, there's a new church in an older building. And uh, do you remember the block party? (laughs) Just a couple months ago, do you remember that block party? Do you remember Trunk or Treat? Do you remember Thanksgiving giveaway where these little pops, these little bubbles up of storylines merging? You you can imagine perhaps if, if you've been in this situation before, neighbors meeting each other for the first time. Reachway is meeting its neighbors for the very first time. Merged storylines is what I found to be the theme of this year. Um, Definitely in my life, in my my family's life, my household's life. Definitely in the life of this church as well. Um, Perhaps that's a theme that resonates with you. Perhaps it's not. Um, But it's it's always fun to be able to reflect. Um, And I think 2018 for us, Uh, will be, you know, obviously our first year (laughs) as a church. Our first half year, 2019, will be our first full year. Um, But I want us all to know something, Um, especially if you've been been with us even last summer and in September, and if even if you've been coming over the last couple of months. The storyline that merged in our lives as, as one church chooses to open itself up to a church plant and a group of people from this church go to with a group of people of this church and start a new church, I want you to know something. That does not happen every day. That does not happen every year. That, that's kind of, a, kind of a big deal, kind of a rare thing. You all were a part of that. So let 2018 kind of represent being a part of something that I know I would have never dreamed of. A lot of you probably never would have dreamed of that, but here we are and celebrating that. Whether you resonate with that or not, um, I do want to ask two questions. I do want to ask two questions. Before I ask those questions, I want to read a passage out of the book of Romans. Um, If you'd like to follow along this morning, um, if you've got your phone, go to the message version. Uh, I'm going to be reading out of the message version today. Um, So if you're going to be reading out of a different translation, then some of the wording might be a little jumbled up. But we're going to be reading out of Romans chapter 6. And the reason we're reading out of Romans chapter 6 today is because our day here, our gathering here, ends with what, for me at least, is the most exciting thing that the local church gets to participate in. And that's baptism of people who have 
chosen to follow Christ and who are publicly declaring that they have made that decision. Um, that is the most exciting thing for a local church to be able to participate in. We get to do that today, but we don't just do that because that's how it's been done. If you're familiar with the scriptures at all, Jesus himself was baptized. Baptism um, in water, water baptism, was something that John the Baptist encouraged people to do. We talked about that just a few weeks ago as Jesus would come, his ministry would begin. John the Baptist said, do something to let the public know that you've made a certain decision. So how obscure <laughs> to dunk yourself in a body of water, but there's imagery to that. There is actual symbolism and very deep meaning that is taking place in the act of baptism. And the apostle Paul writes about it in the book of Romans, uh, chapter six, starting at verse one, your Bible might have the uh, chapter heading, dead to sin, alive in Christ, which is, man, what a beautiful thought. The, the message version, if you're not familiar with this, there's a pastor named Eugene Peterson, who actually just recently passed away, uh, just a few months ago, actually. And what Eugene did was he went through the entire Bible, and he studied the original languages of when the scriptures were written, Old Testament being in Hebrew, New Testament being in Greek and Aramaic. When these words were originally written down, he studied those words. He also considered them to himself, at the very least made the scriptures a little bit more conversational. And you'll, you'll get that if you're not familiar with the message version. I view the message version to be an incredible, incredible gift to the church. Um, and Eugene Peterson, um, when he passed away, so many people were pointing to the message version of his message translation of the scriptures. So many people were pointing to that and saying, it was the message version that introduced me and got me in the pages of the Bible, and it was in the pages of the Bible that I found Christ. What a beautiful tool, what a beautiful gift. Eugene Peterson captions Romans chapter six as when death becomes life. Oh my goodness, I love that, I love that imagery, that symbolism. So allow me to read Romans chapter six, verses one through 14 from the message version. Be listening for what the imagery of baptism is and what we're gonna be celebrating later today. This is what it says. So what do we do? Do we keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? I should hope not. <laughs> if we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize that we packed up and left there for good? That is what happened in baptism. When we went, listen out for this imagery, when we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into new country of grace, a new life in a new land. And we're just getting started. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. 
when we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ, a decisive end to the sin-miserable life, no longer at sin's every beckon call. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. Amen. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him, but alive he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue, and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. That means you must not give sin a single vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run a little errand that is connected with that old way of life. Throw yourselves wholeheartedly and full time into God's way of doing things because remember, you have been raised from the dead. Sin cannot tell you how to live. After all, you are not living under that old tyranny in that old country any longer. You are living in the freedom of God. Amen. And thank you, Eugene Peterson, for what a beautiful gift he has given us. That is why we baptize people. Is <laughs> because we get brought into a new storyline. Storylines merge. In the moment of baptism, we are leaving one way of life and we are entering into a new one. We are saying that this storyline, while there is value and depth to my past, there is a way for my life to be made new and fuller and brighter in this life. And I'm choosing a new storyline for myself. That is what is happening in the moment of baptism. So I want to ask two questions to all of us as we enter into this day of baptism. The first one is this. Interesting question here. As you consider this year, as you consider perhaps what you would like 2019 to look like, as you consider perhaps some goals you're making, I ask this question. What are you willing to let die? What are you willing to let die? We're talking about baptism here. 
the, the beautiful and most bright side of that coin is new life in Christ, resurrection. But we cannot forget what is happening before we are raised out of the water, we are lowered into it. And in, in order for new life to, to come, in order for resu- resurrection to take place, in order for Jesus to, be, to live again, he had to die. I mean, we're not missing this. What are you willing to let die? Allow me to answer that question from, from my perspective. And maybe this will help you answer that question for yourself. Um, I want you to see resurrection here when, when we answer this question. I am willing to let this die on two different levels. I am willing to let the status quo die. I am willing to let conventional wisdom die on two levels. The first one is church. And I ask this question, what is Reachway anyway? <laughs> I mean, what is church anyway? There are things that a lot of churches that have been around for a long time do. Reachway does not do some of those things. We do some of them. We don't do other ones. There are things that a lot of new churches do, like us, churches that are planted kind of in this period of time, 20, you know, 21st century, 2018, whatever, in this culture, in this nation. There are a lot of things that new churches do Believe me, Reachway does not do those. <laughs> some of them. We do some of them. We don't do others. Believe me, we don't do others. <laughs> In this new year, hear me, we must be willing to let die the status quo of what it means to be just another church. Some church has been around for a whole long time. Status quo, great, nothing wrong with that. Do your thing. We're not doing some of those things. There are new churches that are planted each and every week in this country, and they do things, and they, they do things for a reason. There are plenty of those things that we don't just do because that's what you're supposed to do. That's what status quo is, is you do this because that's just what you do. I don't know if, I don't know if that'll work for us in 2019. I want to ask the following question. It's a long question. What must the group of people that gather in this building at any given time do to reach the city in which they gather, regardless of what it's going through at any given time, to see that human lives are changed by the love of Jesus and that the kingdom of God reveals itself in ways this city has never seen? Notice I'm not opening up a book that is titled, How to Restart a Church. I'm not opening up a book that says, How to Plant a Church. What we need to do is put away the status quo. We don't open up a book. We open up ourselves to the Spirit of God, who has been here long before us and who will be here after us. What does it look like for the group of people that's going to meet in this room to reach the people that live in those homes in this city at any given time. That's kind of a fun spot to be in for some of us. Uh, if, you, if you like winging it, yeah, that's fun. If, if you're kind of okay with change that comes and goes, then that's a fun spot to be in. If you're not, um, 
It's a spot that we're invited into by God himself. When he says that there's going to be streams that bubble up from this wasteland of a desert. All right? I mean, that's new. That is new. Desert and now water. I mean, it's new, but it's a good new. So we need to ask ourselves the question at any given time this year and the years to come, what does it look like for the people that meet in here to reach the people that live out there in the city that we're all in? And we're just going to take it as it comes. But I will say that we can't allow the status quo to shape us. Um, Like I've said, we must allow the Spirit of God to guide us. Otherwise, the status quo gets you where the status quo gets you. And I just don't think that that's where God wants us to be. I'm willing to let the status quo die when it comes to church. I'm willing to do things that even would be uncomfortable for me or something I didn't learn at Olivet in order to reach people who aren't reached yet. That is bottom line. That's it. I'm willing to let that die. I'm also willing to let something else die. The status quo when it comes to narratives. When it comes to the stories we tell, when it comes to the things that we say. And I want to ask this question when we talk about narrative. When we look ahead to 2019, what will drive our narrative? We've talked about this before. We're going to talk about it again many times. We must be mindful of what influences us to think, talk, and feel the ways that we do. We must be mindful of that. We must be mindful of the things that are motivating us to say the things that we say, think the things that we think, and do the things that we do. So let's, let's go through a little list. Headlines and talk shows. We must be able to discern the way of the world versus the way of Jesus Christ. We must. We must. We must be able to discern what is motivating our narrative Is it the way of Jesus Christ, or is it, for example, a headline of a newspaper or a talk show? How about this? Let's get another another step down. What's on the surface of our surroundings? Yards of uncut grass, unraked leaves, homes that have boarded up windows, buildings that have been vacant for quite some time, the overall physical conditions, the things that are physically on the surface, are we going to let that drive our narrative? How about this other layer? How about what actually happens? (laughs) What we hear and read, what we see, what actually happens. You see that movement. Are we going to let what actually happens drive our narrative Consider this. I don't know how, how up you've been on Peoria Journal Star last couple weeks. Uh, two people were shot and killed in our neighborhood the week of Christmas. I've been keeping track. This is something that we will do um, as a church. Since Reachway Church has launched, three people have died in this neighborhood and been shot and murdered. Their names are Michael, Tina, and Jeremick, and they will not go unnamed in this church ever. Because everyone matters. That's what we believe. Is that every single human 
being in this neighborhood was created by God and is loved so deeply and so equally by God and us. Same love for the person who is dead, same love for the shooter. Somehow, someway, that's what the grace of God does. The status quo of fear-based decision-making, mob mentality narratives, and insistence on seeing something before we could ever believe something, that is not good enough. When we digest the headlines, we will discern what is for and against the way of Christ. When we observe what we see on the surface, we will ask, what can we do to help? When we are shocked by what actually happens in this city, we will mourn with those who mourn. We will rejoice with those who rejoice. And we will not be overcome by evil, but we will overcome evil with good. Somebody amen. Amen. The status quo has got to go away. So I ask one final question. Are you ready for new life? What are you willing to let die? Are you ready for new life? Because here's the thing about new life. I can't tell you what it looks like. The thing about new life is that it's new. It's not old. I can't tell you what the new life's going to look like. For some of us, that's a scary thing, is to not know what the future holds. But I got to ask, are you ready for new life? Are you actually ready for something new to spring up in your life? Are you actually ready for that? Consider that. Are you actually ready not to have to worry about that thing or react in that way anymore? Are you actually ready for that? Are you actually ready for change? One of the first things I said when I stood right here on this platform is you can't have change without change. You want to see change in the surroundings around you? Consider how you think and talk about your surroundings. You want to see change happen at that abandoned house? Consider what needs to change in your actions towards that house and the family that lives there. You want the people in your life to not be as negative as they are? Consider what change needs to happen in your life to change that narrative. You can't have change without change. So, for those who are ready for new life, our morning response includes a couple of primary things. Baptism. Baptism with water. It's going to play out two different ways. Uh, The first is the way in deciding to embrace the new life by being baptized in the presence of your church family. I will say this. Baptism is not magical. There's water behind me. It's not magic water. It's not Fiji water. <laughs> it's not smart water. It's, it, it's, you know, it's, it's water, right? It's water. But baptism and those waters are deeply meaningful and symbolic. We read about that earlier in Romans chapter 6. Do you need to be perfect to be baptized? The answer is no. 
do you need to have your life all figured out in order to be baptized? The answer is no. There is one prerequisite, one. You must believe. Do you believe that through the birth, life, death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ, that God has extended salvation to you, defeating the sting of death in your life, making new life possible for you on this earth? Do you believe that? Do you believe that making Jesus the director of your life is the best way to live? That there isn't really a better better way? Do you believe that? I say to us what God said to the Apostle Paul, what are you waiting for? (laughs) Be baptized. Be baptized. If you're not perfect, fine, neither am I. If you don't have your whole life figured out, perfect, neither do I. But if you believe that, that God has extended salvation to you, And if that's the direction you want your life to go from this day forward is where he is the director of your life and those old habits and those old ways of thinking and those old ways of doing and talking are no more and you allow the narrative of Jesus to be your new narrative. If that is something you are interested in, what are you waiting for? Be baptized today. All are invited if you have not yet been baptized. Can't make that any more clear. For those of you who have already been baptized in the presence of a local church, beautiful. I I don't want this moment to be missed by you either. So in front of me here, you will see uh, a a bowl, and it's filled with water, just as non-magical as the water behind me. And in just a moment, uh, we're going to respond like we always do. We've talked about response before. Um, Today, instead of receiving communion, uh, like last week we held candles, representing light of the world. Uh, today, today I invite anyone who has been baptized to remember the waters of your baptism. That's what, that's what this is, this is going to be all about this morning. Uh, so in just a moment, as, as we sing a song and we're going to transition to the back, we, we do have someone getting baptized today that we know of. If you're in this room and you're ready, today's your day. Um, today's your day. We'll give some instructions in just a moment. For those of you who are not going to be baptized in there today, um, as, as the song is played like we would normally receive communion, each and every one of you that's been baptized are invited to come forward and simply, uh, simply dip your hand in this, in this water. Just feel the water. Remember the waters of your baptism. Remember what the meaning of being being down in the water, being raised up out of the water. Just remember that, what he has done. So that's what this response is going to look like. So I'm going to invite our, our worship team to come back up.